Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Hey, wrestling fans, this is Gary Michael Capetta, and you're listening to the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast with the Enforcer and the Stallion. It's the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast with the Enforcer. I believe they're called Enforcers, Gordon. I sell women's shoes. And the Stallion. Stallion, baby! I am not what you would call a handsome man. I'll kick you in the nuts and you'll smile at me and like it. All night! Hello everybody, welcome to another edition of the All Night Long Wrestling Podcast. We are your host, he's a stallion, I am the enforcer, and this week we have a very, very special guest. His name is Mike Herman, you might know him from Retrosoft Studios and from Retromania Wrestling, the most highly anticipated professional wrestling game probably in the last 10 years. Thank you so much for joining us, sir, we really appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for having me, bro. I don't know, I, I, I gotta be able to live up to that introduction. <laughs> I like to set the bar high, and then yeah, usually no. what I do for myself is just work my way down. That's that's what I do. <laughs> no, but um, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Of course, thank you. You guys have been so incredibly um, fan friendly, so open with the people. Really, every single step of the way in terms of retromania. I mean, when you guys first posted about it, it was just a couple of bald headed creative wrestlers, you know, wrestling on uh, on a screen, and to see where it's come today is amazing and you guys have the weekly q a on your um on your youtube and the developer updates so it really brings the fans into what's going on in the game and, I, and there's not a lot of companies that do that i mean if 2k sports did that we might have had a different you know something <laughs> a little bit different last year for wwe 2k20 but um is that something you've always kind of believed in is just letting people see what's happening so they understand the you know the the, the hard work that goes into it it's not just as easy as you know one two three and you got a great game on screen yeah i mean that that's definitely part of it you know i wanted people to know the the challenges we had going through developing the game and one you know for me it's uh it's great getting feedback and get people involved because when i first started this i'm like does anyone else even want this game being made besides me (laughs) (laughs) you know because it started out as a hobby and um you know on a little message uh, wrestling legends forums where i was posting stuff and i had a couple people there who were really into it and i'm like you know it's just a good commercial project to even go after and I, I, I kind of did that along the way. Just I wanted to see who else was going to 
be interested in this. And it's been great. And it's, it's so motivating because I'd say, you know, the internet, depending on where you are, can be toxic a little bit some places, right? Yeah. And so it's, it was um, a little worrisome just kind of putting yourself out there and saying, you guys are going to see the mistakes we make. You're going to see, you know, how we correct those mistakes. Um, and, you know, but we've gotten, we've been lucky because I would say 90, like eight, 99 percent. You know, you the people, you know, you're always going to get the people that they come and that bothers you. You really, but I think I've learned it's given my, me thicker skin, you know, to just kind of, they're the minority, you know? Yeah. I mean, you guys posted a video, I think, uh, yesterday of some gameplay or earlier today of some gameplay footage and like 40 people were like, I hate the music. It's like, Dude, it's it's I mean, it's not the music in the game. It's clearly right. not the music in the game. Everybody just relax. Right. I saw that. I was like, meanwhile, I'm watching the game. The, the game looks, you know, sharper. Of course, it's going to get sharper and it's going to get cleaner. But before we get to where we are now, yep. um, you I assume you've been a wrestling fan for <laughs> ever. Is that safe to say? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so since I was probably eight, I think I probably started like right around. I'll date myself. So that, that would be like 83, 84 time frame. Right before the first WrestleMania um, is when I started watching it. And I was turned on by my neighbor who I slept over his house and he had it on the next morning. He's like, you ever watch wrestling? I'm like, didn't even know what it was at that point. And then so I wanted to watch it at home the next weekend. And I didn't know what time it was on. Eventually, I found uh, I'd watched WWF at his house. I found uh NWA. It was just it was before WCW. It was like Jim Crockett Promotions sure. version of the, you know their NWA um, region in Charlotte, and I was hooked. You know when I saw that stuff, and I was just like mesmerized. I remember my one of the first matches I remember watching completion was they replayed Magnum TA versus Chief Wahoo McDaniel in a cage for the U.S. title, and. Um, I, I just was like, this is awesome. I, I need to watch this all the time. And then it was went from that. Then the UWF, uh, Bill Watts started. That was on at like 11 o'clock on Channel 48 in Philadelphia that I would watch. And like World Class was on really late at nights on some Saturdays. Sneaking up to watch Saturday night's main event because my parents wouldn't let me stay up. And yeah, so I grew up with it. Um, I watched it probably pretty religiously up through college. And then didn't watch as much, you know, starting working and and plus moving to three hours a night is a lot, you know. Sure. And plus, yeah. then it was like it was four shows, you know, two from WCW, two from WWE or W. It was still WWF at the time, and um, you know. But I, I've recently, the last couple of years, I got back into it. I like Ring of Honor. I like Impact. I like. Some of the smaller ones, I like kind of the bite size. I love NWA Power, and plus I have to say that now that they're in the game. But <laughs> um, I do like what they're doing there. Before even before we we had a licensing deal with them, but um, you know, I, I still I've always followed it. You know, maybe I didn't watch it as much, but I still follow. And in, in an internet age, you can get recaps on everything now too, which is kind of nice. So if you miss yeah. something, you can get a nice recap of it. Or it's on demand, or in thirty right. seconds. The it's yeah, on, I'm a WWE subscriber basically. too. I'm a network subscriber. You have to be. I, I yeah. just started watching um, uh, WCW from the uh, the studio show from the first one they have all the way up. Oh. I'm like four and a half months in. I'm like, what else to do during the quarantine besides work out and watch NWA, right? <laughs> right. right. It, you know, you mentioned um, there's so much, you know, 
to get into, but you mentioned uh, NWA Power. I don't want to jump around, but we had actually Nick Aldis on the show right after it was announced that he was going to be really in Retromania for the 10 pounds of gold. And he was so excited and it really came through. And I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I never pictured Nick Aldis to be like a huge gamer guy. Right. You know, and he was just talking about it. And then they had, you know, you guys introduced a 10 pounds of gold um, feature to the game. And yeah. he is, you know, talking about NWA power. He's like the champion right now. Yep. He carries himself like the the, the real world champion. champion. Thank you. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, he, he was so, you know, he was so proud to be in the game. And I thought it was so cool to have a guy like Nick Aldis because you were kind of releasing certain wrestlers at a time and you know we're still doing that i'm not going to press yep. you i know tomorrow uh two days we'll know the last tag team yep you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna look for that spoiler i have an idea i'm not gonna say anything though but um <laughs> you know you like i said you guys have really done it the right way and really just tease things and, and let people you know do you saving things you don't want to give everything all in one shot right but uh, originally it was the unofficial sequel to wrestle right. fest correct I, yep. How did it become the unofficial sequel to the official sequel? Well, it's funny. It really was triggered. It's kind of like, I don't know if you watched The Dark Side of the Ring. Sure. Did you, if you saw the, um, the, uh, the brawl for it all. Yeah. When, when Russo basically did that because he wanted Bradshaw to get his butt kicked, right? Yep. <laughs> so it's kind of not exactly like that. But one guy on YouTube said, like, we posted some video and it's like, this is a hack. This isn't a... Uh, real sequel. You're stealing code. Blah blah blah. Totally off the off the reservation kind of comments. And I'm like, I'll show you. We're going to be the official sequel. <laughs> so I had already tried to find out. Like I did my research. I knew who owned the the property. But it's kind of one of those weird properties where they uh, Arc System Works, who we licensed from, owns all the old technos of of Japan. Properties like Double Dragon. I was just gonna say Double Dragon. Yeah. Double Dragon. Yeah. Yeah. R uh, River City Ransom, uh, like Matt Mania, which we also have the IP to use in our game, um, and a bunch of other games. So they own the whole library, but they can't really do much with the WWF stuff because they don't own the license of the characters. So it's not like that's why you haven't seen like an arcade one up or anything of WrestleFest, and you probably won't. Um, but you never say never, but. Um, so we found Arc System Works and, and they were reasonable to deal with. And, you know, it's more of a marketing thing. You know, I'll admit that, like, just to say we're the official sequel and we're a first time development studio. So I wanted something to give us kind of more credibility and tell people we're serious about this project. This isn't a money grab. We're passionate about it. We want to kind of that WrestleFest was the last series of wrestling games that Technos developed. And they really were one of the pioneers of it. They started with a game called the Big Pro Wrestling I think it was only out in Japan. Um, and that was the developers of that were friends with whoever, I forget the gentleman's name who developed pro wrestling for the NES, but they were like colleagues or had worked together. So you'll see like Matt Mania has a lot of the same mechanics as pro wrestling from uh, the NES as well. And then, you know, you got uh, superstars and then you got WrestleFest and there were a couple other ones in between. But then it stopped. You know, you had the LJN uh, Super WrestleMania games on the like genesis and yeah. I, I played them and i liked them enough as a kid because it was the best thing available at home but you always wanted WrestleFest, especially then you wanted why isn't WrestleFest on the home console and it never and it just year and year after year after year and they never did anything with it um so that was the first game i downloaded on main you know so you have wow. your souped up xbox 
I, I, I discovered MAME, or it was Rain, actually, was the emulator that MAME didn't even support it at the time. This is like 97, 98 uh, time frame. And wow. um, uh, Rain was another series of emulators. I think it's defunct now. But um, I got WrestleFest on Rain, and I just played. I, then you could be the, the Legion of Doom if you put a code in. and I'm over here playing this demolition today. I didn't, yeah. I didn't put any cheat codes. I got to... Uh, um, <laughs> So the direct sequel, that's interesting with the licensing because yeah. they have, you know, you can't make it without Hulk Hogan and the old warrior and clearly the WWF owns that. So so give me a little bit of, uh, before we get to the, you know, the wrestling, your background, you've been developing games for how long? What other games have you worked on? Uh, this is the only one. This is the only <laughs> one. No kidding. Yeah. So my background is software engineering, though. Gotcha. So uh, I co-own another business uh, that we do finance and accounting software implementation. So this I've been in... Stuff? Yeah, yeah, the fun stuff, right? Sure. <laughs> stuff that really gets your heart revving, you know what I exactly. mean? Well, it's important to have a passion project, you know, so right. it's a nice transition. And actually, I do really like my job. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I like problem solving, and there's a lot of that in there. Um, so I really do enjoy it, but it's not making a video game, you know what I mean? And, and that's something I always wanted to do since I was a kid even, you know. I, I, pr- I remember programming fireworks on an Atari 800 computer with a tape drive. <laughs> You know, and, and it was just at that time, you know, I was real, I was probably eight years old. All I was doing was I had the program code in my hand and I would type it in. That's all I really did. I called that programming when I was eight. You know what I mean? As an eight year old, that's more yeah. than I could do at 15. So, I mean, that's a good start. <laughs> but, you know, I always wanted to do something like that. And then when I got in software engineering, and I, um, my final project, I did, I wrote a game uh, um, for that. So I, um, I took a, a game. Well, I didn't write it from scratch, but I took a game and modified it, added features to it and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I definitely wanted to do something eventually. And wow. okay, so I decided, I decided, you know, back in probably 2017, 18, I would get serious about it um, and do it commercially. And here, we're, here we are. So how did you go from creating a game as a first-time game creator to getting the licensing for NWA, Tommy Dreamer, the BWO, things like that? So one of the first things, I started out, I got the Road Warriors on my own, where I just scoured the internet and found bookers who had relationships with the Road Warriors. And eventually I got one that put me in touch with them, we negotiated a deal, and we got them in the game. Initially, though, I was going after YouTubers. So that was the first idea because the the idea of actually getting professional wrestlers was kind of uh, intimidating. You know, some of the guys like I grew up watching, I was like, how would I even go about doing something like this? YouTubers seem much more approachable and it would be a lot easier to do. Um, So maybe a couple of years ago, I could have been in this game is what you're saying. You could have had the tag team of the all night long wrestling podcast. Although there might have been a copyright infringement somewhere in there. Lionel Richie gets us every time. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but eventually, so I got him. But then the best decision I made was I went on uh, LinkedIn and I just I searched like wrestling games to see who had experience making wrestling games. Because I knew I was you know, underqualified to do this project. I knew that going into it. And I wanted to surround myself with people who had more experience than I did making video games. I didn't want this to be just another fan project that would start and fizzle out and never see its way to completion. So I found a gentleman by the name of Mike Archer who used to work at WWE for like, I think, 13 years. 
Before that, he worked at Acclaim Entertainment and worked on some of the Legends of Wrestling games um, in, in several different capacities. And he's worked on, like, probably, I think, 50 or 60 other titles in his career. Um, and now he's an independent consultant. And so I got him on board after, you know, we had lunch, hit it off, and he decided to come on board and help me through all the other licensing. So he had contacts with Tommy Dreamer. He had con- contacts with the NWA and Dave Lagana over there. Uh, pretty much almost everybody but the Road Warriors, he had a hand in signing. I guess the dominoes kind of fall. Once you get the Road Warriors, it's like a huge name. So you're like, oh, right. the Road Warriors are in the game. Right. It's like, right. oh, wow, that's that's awesome. So, And everybody was pretty much on board. I, was there anybody that you wanted to reach out to and you were like, man, I'd love to have them in the game? And they were like, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, there were a couple people, um, couple people we couldn't work out money with. Um, you know, they wanted, and whether they were worth it or not, we couldn't afford it. You know, some, some cases I thought they were worth it. Um, in other cases, I didn't think they were worth it. Um, so the, the conversation was a little bit easier. Uh, but you know, you get people that kind of see the bigger picture. Um, you know, hopefully this snowballs into something and, and, you know, we can turn one game into a new franchise and, uh, get, get to, get to them that way. Sure. I mean, all great games have a sequel, you know, right, so right. and also uh, the download, the DLC afterwards, that that's huge now. You know, how many times does a WWE game came out, come out with 40 wrestlers and every six weeks or so they drop another five and you pay the dollar ninety nine or whatever. So there's a lot of there's a lot of money to be made. And listen, if Nikita Koloff gets it, I don't know why anybody else wouldn't get it. That's kind of well, he's been awesome. Like he's with him like. I met him once at one of Tommy Dreamer shows, and he was, and he was another guy. Like I have vivid memories of watching him clothesline David Crockett with a chain during an interview. You know what I mean? Like I remember watching that as a kid. So scary, scary human being from then until now. You know, it's crazy. But but meeting him couldn't couldn't have been nicer. You know what I mean? And he's been awesome. We announced him a couple weeks ago. He's interacting with fans on social media, going well above and beyond whatever we had agreed to, you know, involvement in as as far as what he was required to do. Like I didn't have to worry about anything. I didn't have to ask him to do anything else. Like he he got it. You know what I mean? He's on there interacting with fans as they're posting, like, oh, this is awesome. Oh, great to be here. I can't wait to give you a Russian sickle. You know, like he, he's doing stuff like that, and he's just been awesome. That's that's awesome. And it's so cool to be able to splice the legends in with, um, you know, the new guys. I know a lot of the game was focused around Johnny, uh, John, I'm sorry, whatever you want to call him, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Mundo, Johnny, Johnny Retro. Johnny Retro, right. That's what he is now. Did him signing in the WWE kind of throw a monkey wrench into everything? Was he, or is it just like, you know, he's in the game, we have the creative license, and now go do what you want to do? Yeah, I mean, our our license wasn't exclusive, so he and he gave us a heads up that that could happen. Okay, um, at the time, and as long as our contract was signed ahead of time, it didn't matter where he went. So, and you know, we're calling him. We're not calling. We don't have the rights to his name in WWE, but we have the rights to Johnny Retro. Sure. So, um, you know, it's just like him going to Lucha Underground or being an Impact or being in anything else. Um, he, at the time we signed him, he was not currently under contract. Right, and they came out a couple of months later. So now, yeah, and it's actually a good thing he signed. I think it's more visibility on our game that he's there. You sure, know? I mean, he's got, I'm sure his Twitter followers went up and all the social media yep. went up and stuff like that. And you guys did a really cool thing to Indie Mania. You know, you gave a shot to the independent wrestlers 
to be in the game through fan voting. That was that came down to the wire, and it was very yeah. uh, very competitive. Is an understatement. You saw a lot of wrestlers out there consistently. I'm talking like four or five times a day, telling you to vote for them, and that's. Right. I mean, that, that's genius marketing because they're getting their name out there, but you're also helping get your game out there. That, that must have been great feedback for you guys. Yeah, it was awesome. And I couldn't, you know, the guys we got were awesome. Like like you said, they, they again, they went above and beyond. You know, it was we thought going in this would be I'm not and I'm not saying it was definitely the primary objective was a marketing tool on our part to get somebody in the game. But we definitely did think people they would go for it because we thought it would help them as well. Try to get noticed. Um, and benefit them as well. So we're definitely, we hope to sign more than the winner. So um, we're already talking to a couple of them about getting getting more. You know, if, if we're successful enough, I want to get all 32 of the guys that were in the tournament in the game and do it in the game. You know, and I would love to do that and really support. Like, I really, I got, and I didn't even know all the guys going in to the tour. I'll tell you, the winner, I didn't even know who it was. Like, I'd never heard of Warhorse. Warhorse, he was the um, independent uh, wrestling champion, I believe, yeah. for a long time. Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, I I didn't expect him to win. My money was on Retro AG and Matt Cross. Those yeah. are my two guys who I'm like, man, I really want to see them in the game, but yeah. good for Warhorse. He's got, I mean, many more fans out there than I anticipated, so that's... Plus, he's a really cool-looking character, so visually yeah. it's going to be awesome. That's what I, I was glad he, you know, I'm glad of that, because that's a big reason I think he had an advantage. His look fits the game perfectly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, we got so much good feedback from all those guys and I, and I emailed them afterward, just thanking them for being in it, but definitely we're going to try to incorporate more of you guys into the game at some point if we, if we were able to. Yeah. Like I said, DLC, I mean, you could, yep. the games it to me looking at the, all right, now we get, now we get to the fun part to the actual game yeah. itself. You mentioned, you know, after WrestleFest, there was, you know, eh, peaks and valleys. There were some really good games. There were some not. Looking at the game visually, clearly it looks like WrestleFest, but to me, it reminds me of Saturday Night Slam Masters. I don't know if you ever played that oh. for... Yeah, I've got course. it on that arcade behind me. Oh, Saturday Night Slam Masters was one of my favorite games uh, of all time for the Super Nintendo. It was one of those, um, to those people who don't know what it is, it was a professional wrestling game without the WWE license. So you had a lot of... You had a Gratter, which was Big Van Vader, and you had a lot of the Rey Mysterio and um, I, whoever else was in the game. But they they looked like their characters, but they didn't have the licensing. And the game played more like um, more like an arcade game. Is that fair to say? Less of a simulation, more of an arcade yeah, it was game. It's a little more like a fighting game too than a traditional wrestling game. But it definitely had wrestling moves in it as well. Yeah, it was like a final fight meets right. uh, meets a regular wrestling game. Right. So. Were you being, you know, the fan you are, were you kind of able to, since you played them all, like pick and choose, you're like, all right, I love this about this game. I love yep. this about this game. And you just kind of took what you thought worked. Exactly. Like I played all those games. That was like my heyday in the arcades too. When Saturday Night Slam Masters was out, um, three count bout by Neo Geo, which didn't play that well, but it looked awesome. You know, they, and they did the same thing. Like they had the great Muda in there, you know what I mean? But it wasn't the great Muda, but right. it looked like, I mean, he blew mist and all that. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, all those 2d wrestling games definitely inspired when I went back and played them, um, you know, WrestleFest, I'd never stopped playing. I'll be honest with you. I, I probably played it at least once a month for the last like 20 years. <laughs> really? That is all. I mean, I've had, I've been big into uh MAME, So I built my own main cabinet probably 15 years ago. So I've been playing arcade games a lot. Um, so I've been I played that, but yeah, all those games. Saturday Night Slam Masters is definitely one of them. And I love those Capcom that art style too that Capcom did. 
with the real muscular tone, uh, the colorful sprites and all that stuff. So definitely heavily influenced by that. Okay. I, all right, I'm not crazy. I thought so. No, 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 absolutely. And then, you know, clearly after the, the Super Nintendo Sega Genesis, you got into the PlayStation 1, which there were not... I mean, WCW vs. The World was a good game. That was right. really all I could think of for the PlayStation 1 that really stuck out to me. So you got to the Nintendo 64. Um, about two weeks ago, uh, the other co-host on the show here, Joe, was over, and we played a 44-minute bout of No Mercy. It was, like, <laughs> mainly because for the first 30 minutes we couldn't remember how to pin and neither one of us wanted to look it up. So it was a 44-minute match. It was uh, Ed, Jericho and the British Bulldog versus Edge and Christian, and I lost. Um, but that, you know, those games really have a place in people's hearts 20, you know, 22 years later. What is it about those games that you think, you know, really stood the test of time for people? You know, I think part of it is there's more competition then, too. So you had... You had the WWE or WWF, WWE games. You also had the WCW games, you know, and you had some other third parties. Like you even had Backyard Wrestling was out around then. And, you know, you had the Legends of Wrestling roughly in that time era. That was a little bit later. But, you know, you had more competition and you had more wrestling games. You know, there there were other ones, too. Oh, Virtual just, Pro Wrestling. That was yeah, Virtual Pro Wrestling, too. That, I think that was on the PS1 as well. I think yeah. that was it. So, that was a good one. Um, but yeah, you had just more games and each developers pushing each other, which is kind of lost. Uh, you know, you had some, you had some of the jet, like you have fire pro wrestling and that's been around um, forever. And they just, you know, they came out with one a couple of years ago, but you know, that's not an arcade style of game, you know, and it's not really geared. I don't know if it's an American thing or, but it's definitely more of a technical simulation type game versus a kind of pick up and play quick, quick kind of game. So I just think it's like the variety that we used to have. And then you have like WrestleMania, the arcade game, which was like uh, the Mortal Kombat style game, which, you know, love it or you know or hate it. But it was different. And it was another option you had. Yeah, uh, I remember Undertaker throwing souls at people and beating right. them with tombstones like that. You're right. That that stuck out to me at that point. Right. So I think a lot of it is just like the and wrestling was big then. And it, it sucks. This this thing happened, you know, in the world today, because I think. Wrestling was really on the big uptick. You got AEW coming around. You got NWA, NWA coming back. You got Impact doing well. Ring of Honor doing well. And you get, you know, indie, the indies were getting stronger again. And just like wrestling was getting popular. And you see this big TV deal that NBC signs with WWE. And just re- wrestling in general seems to be on an uptick that we haven't seen in a while. Yeah, it hit the peak. And now... It, I mean, although on the flip side, I, you know, we've been trying to champion this idea too, not to get off topic here, but as far as like being a professional wrestling fan, what a better time to go. There's a million streaming services. There's Power Slam TV. There's the Ring of Honor. There's um, Demand Progress. Go catch up on, you know, there's so much wrestling. So hopefully the yeah, fans yeah. take advantage of that. Uh, and, you know, independent wrestlers are not making a ton of money, you know, at this point. So they're, the pro wrestling tees with buying, you know, go buy the shirts and, and the things like that. Um, now Here, here's a little tip for you bringing that up. They are uh, Ryan Barkin from Pro Wrestling Tees making an appearance in the game. Really? <laughs> that is awesome. So, is there going to be Retromania merch on Pro Wrestling Tees? So, yeah, we actually have a store right now. Um, just a couple t shirts. Uh, I think we have the Road Warriors up right now. I think Tommy Dreamer and Monique Dupree from House of Hardcore are on a shirt. Uh, and we're going to add everybody on there. And and that is 
that is a revenue split between the wrestlers get a portion and charity gets a portion. And uh, Pro Wrestling Tees get theirs. But we're, our company's not taking any of the profit from those uh, shirts. So we haven't oh, well, sold that many yet. Um, but, you know, we'll have, we're going to get that store up and running by the time we uh, – I mean, it is up now, but we just don't have all the shirts up yet. That's awesome. So by the time – and the game, you know, the game we said is going to be coming out in July. We didn't say that. Yep. Do we have a date in July yet? We don't. Not right? yet. Not yet. Okay. And, uh, you know, there's a chance we could miss it. I'm going to throw that out there right now. It won't be by much. It's not Duke Nukem forever. We're still working towards it. We actually hired two more artists in the past two weeks to try to keep getting to that July date. Listen, but, the coronavirus has ruined everything. I know. They, they, but they, the they, other they, thing is, like, the certifications through the publisher, like, through Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft are delayed a little bit. Um, so we're kind of up. We're going to be up against that as well. So. If there's ever a time where fans can like kind of get off your back in terms of being right. late in the game, I think this is the perfect. A worldwide time. pandemic will do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this will be the one time. They're like, what do you mean it's not out by midnight? You know. Um, so now, you know, like I said, I was playing WrestleFest today, and the move set um, limited clearly at that time. Yeah. But you know, WrestleFest had the signature moves of a lot of the guys too. How um, how wide will the move set be per wrestler? And, uh, just hip, hip tosses and arm drags. That's all we had the budget for. <laughs> so, so just like pro wrestling for uh, for Nintendo, right? Yeah, we have we have one more move than pro wrestling. <laughs> so it's like the, was a Royal Rumble for uh, Super Nintendo. Everybody had the same right. poser. Yeah, I, I like I said, kind of we took WrestleFest, and the one thing I didn't like about that game is you were it, you couldn't really pick what move you were doing. So. You know, you were playing earlier today. Like, I, my, my guy was Jake the Snake. I always played as Jake the Snake. So he started out doing a body slam and a snapmare and kind of alternated between those two. And eventually you started doing a side suplex. Yep. And eventually you did the DDT, and that was pretty much it. You, you know, you had some uh, Irish whip moves and things of that nature. So we took that, but we said, all right, let's give four weak moves, four medium moves, and four strong moves and a finisher. Wow. So... Those are all, and that's just through the grapple. And then you can do uh, running moves where you're running at your opponent, where your your opponent's running at you. Uh, corner moves where you can throw your opponent into the corner and do a corner running move. Corner grapples, you have three more of those. You can dive to the outside of the ring. You can fight on the apron, the front apron of the match. You can fight on there. You can fight on the outside of the ring. Wow. I mean, and as an arcade game, you don't expect the moveset to be that in-depth. So hearing that, like, I was already pumped for the game. Now I'm even more so. That is so cool because, you know, I, you know, it's my WrestleFest. Like, I, I could never figure out how to do – I was um, I was Earthquake today. It was a right. suplex and a side slam. And I'm like, how the – I was getting so mad. I was like, I don't want to do this. But That's all there is. I mean yeah, – It's all he's yeah. got, you know. It's, yeah. Um, so, all right, cool. So that's, that's a lot. And now you guys, I saw the, um, the developer Q and a, you said you're going to have up to eight people on screen, but it kind of got a little chaotic. So now you have the option to have however many you want. Yeah. Yeah. So we, I, I like eight personally, my, my, my kids are play testing and they're like, that's ah, a little too much. Uh, so, you know, I just each, each, when you play the Royal rumble or, uh, shouldn't say that strike that retro rumble. I can't say that. We can edit that out later. Just like we edited it. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> but uh, when uh, when you play Retro Rumble, you can pick like how many wrestlers start in the ring, how many wrestlers are max in the ring at once. So you can pick if you only want like six, only six, or only even four. If you don't want to go more than that, if you just don't like it, you can do that. Or just to kind of change the match type by doing that as well. And the different match types. I know this was I've 
I implore everybody to check out the um, the Q and A that, that you had up today. You went through all the different match types. Uh, the ba- bad street is not nothing. Not the Freebirds, right? We want no, to get that it is not. Now, Which, so we've gone to a couple independent wrestling shows uh, locally around the Philadelphia area, and whenever we go somewhere, we do kind of a ring. So we put their logo on a ring in the game. So when people are playing it at the show, they see their 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 promotion in the ring. Oh, and then that, we do a little that cool. that little main menu. We put a, their graphic up on there as well. And they they had a show called the Battle for Bad Street. That's really so. Even like local promotion, getting the uh, the local wrestlers in there. Man, that's yeah. that's really cool. Um, now, will there be a demo before the game comes out? To be determined. So we we we've gotten some people. Uh, we have. We have some people doing closed beta for us now. Um, the, the, only, I, the only reason I'm hesitant to do a full demo, it's just one more thing I have to manage. And we're already a small team and spread pretty thin. And a demo would take on of a life of its own uh, as far as dealing with that. So um, uh, it's to be determined, to be determined. If you need two guys to do it on the QT... We're your guys. We, I, I got nothing but time. I will gladly play the game for 24 hours straight right now. Um, now, it's coming out for a bunch of different platforms. Um, yep. I have already reserved the Switch version um, because the, the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox, you said it's going to be 30 days before the date of release, right? Yeah, they don't They don't let you do pre-orders by yourself. Uh, or And they won't do pre-orders on their sites until you're 30 days out from launch. So I think we have to at least submit the game to them first. Now, when I say submit, I mean submit the final code. We already got approval. That's been done for months. Like They already approved our game for their platforms. So when I say submit the game, that's when you submit the final code base, and it has to go through Sony and Microsoft's QA and all that. But until you do that, you can't get a pre-order on one of their stores. The same goes for Nintendo as well. Nintendo, though, will let you do your own pre-orders. Yeah, yeah, they do have. They're more like independent friendly. Right. It seems like Nintendo yeah. is. Um, are there going to be any major differences between the Switch version to the Xbox and the PlayStation Four? No, none at all. Yeah, that's what I was hoping all. for. And being able to take it on the go, I, I feel like, um, you know, m- mobile gaming like uh, the Nintendo Switch and the DS Lite and all that stuff. There's been there hasn't been a good mobile game. And since for me it was um, Game Boy Advance Fire Pro, that was right. the last one I played. That I, I had still it. Play yep. to this day. Yeah, I mean the game is so deep and, and it's so in depth. And I'm like, I, I, when I travel, I still bring my game boy advance. It's like right. this big. And I have to, I bring my switch and my game boy. So I'll go from resident evil on the switch to wrestling on the fire. Pro. Oh, not even an SP. You still got the big one, huh? Oh yeah. I had, it's what I had. I, I, I found fire pro and I lost it and I had to rebuy it again, but right. to be able to have a good mobile game, I think that's so cool. And the switch is such a great platform because you know, the, Listen, uh, Retromania is not going to be in 4K, right? So right. you're not going to lose anything right. from playing it on the Switch. And if it's going to play the same, I think that is it's such a, a niche market, if you will, for a, a mobile game and yep. being able to play online mobile. That That's going to be a whole new level of gaming. I feel like it's going to be open up for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we may release the, the remake version of Retromania at the same time since everybody seems to be doing remakes now. So we'll have a high-def remake Released at the same time as the original. I literally just played through Resident Evil 2 and 3, the remakes of the original. So yeah. I fall victim to that marketing scheme. No, I'm, I'm with you. I just thought somebody said uh, 
that's kind of my standard answer when somebody says, uh, why isn't it in HD or something? I go, well, well that's for the remake that we're going to be doing, you know? Yeah, the six-month anniversary when you re-release it, <laughs> new packaging, yeah. uh, comes with a free uh, head. Listen, a free Retromania headband unsold. Right. I'm, 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 real, I'm easy. I got it for my Dusty Road shirt on. I'm a yeah. mark for all of this. I'll, I'll wear anything. Um, is there anything that you wore, like you went in, you said, man, I really want this in the game. And as it, it just didn't turn out your way, or there's something you missed that you might want to add DLC later on. Yeah. So, and, and so for DLC, just, I want to clarify one thing. We're going to do a combination of free and paid. So like game modes, I think, and arenas and stuff like that will be free DLC. We're not going to charge for stuff like that. The only way we'll, we'll charge for DLC is if it's like new licensed wrestlers, that you know, it'll be some. You know, we'll have to make a little money to pay in order to pay the license, yeah, something I'm like sure. that. Unless we're gangbusters, then maybe, maybe who knows? Maybe it'll be free DLC. Who knows? But, um, but as far as that, yeah, the one thing I want to add at some point, hopefully, is like a double cage match. But it's tough. Funk to, stampede style, like uh, War Games. Right? Oh, wow, that. So, Cool. Uh, although I can't call it that, and I'm aware of that. Another edit out, but um, yeah, <laughs> that's trademarked. But anyway, a double cage match around two rings. Um, just because I think it would be really cool. The, the problem we had, we actually have artwork for it already. The problem we have is how to handle the camera. And if I'm in one cage on the left, and I have local co-op going, and someone else is on the right, you got to zoom way far out. Super widescreen, right? Yeah, and it may be just too far. It was kind of too far out almost. So we're still playing around with how we can do something like that. And maybe once we get – now, online won't be at launch. Um, it's just super buggy right now, but it's definitely something we're working on. So maybe that, that would probably work in an online mode where everyone would have their own camera kind of following them. Um, and you can maybe do something like that there. So, but that, that's one thing I would really like to do. And something actually came up the other day is doing a, uh, that WCW three tiered, uh, cage, the tower of, Do I think it was called the tower yeah. of doom, right? Yeah. Something is like that. that David cool. Arquette won the title on. <laughs> I don't know if he won it. Did he win it there? I don't think he won it in that match. Maybe though. I would have to defer to Joe who I uh, have since nicknamed Wrestlepedia. Joe, yeah. did David Arquette win the title in the tower of doom cage? He's looking it up. Dude, are you Wikipediaing? Probably not. That's okay. Um, I, yeah, he, uh, he, I think it was a heel turn by DDP or something at the top of the cage. He handed oh, the there you go. Like that. Yeah, something along those lines. That's my guy. <laughs> Whenever it's like 1 a.m. and I'm, I'm like, man, who is the third intercontinental champion? That's Joe. That's what he brings to the table. But I have like a million questions about the gameplay and all this stuff that I, I, I don't want to know the answer to because I want to be surprised when the game drops. I don't want to know every. I want to know everything, but I don't want to know everything. Right. So I am uh, I, I can't tell you how excited we are for this game. I've been following it and you know, like I said, your ability to just show the fans what's going on um, week to week to week. I think it's so cool. Make sure you're following Retromania and Retrosoft um, on YouTube. You guys you guys post some great stuff on Twitter too. Uh, I think it was yeah, it was you guys that posted Vader killing Cactus Jack with the power bomb on the outside. Yeah. Yep. I had just listened to uh, the Tony Schiavone podcast when he talked about that thump, and I was like, man, I can't find it. And the next day, I was like, holy shit, there it is. So that yeah, was, I can't uh, take credit for all that. A guy I hired, Mike T, uh, he – so a real quick story on him. I found him on LinkedIn too, and I, we, we had a meeting set up for a Monday 
or on a, a Friday, and he's like, ah, can we postpone till uh, Monday? I'm like, ah, oh, here we go. This guy's kind of a flake or whatever, right? <laughs> and he's like, I just bought a WWF Superstars arcade cabinet. It's sitting in my living room. If I don't move it tonight, my wife's going to kill me. He's one of us. I'm like, Immediately I'm, like, after- I'm like, yeah, no problem, and you're hired. Like, <laughs> I didn't need to hear anymore. I didn't need to hear that's- anymore. Yeah, I mean, you—that's if that's not the best pitch line for to become a uh, a retro game creator, I don't know what is. You know, that's uh, yeah. Well, you guys, like I said, you have such a cool um, Twitter following, and there's there's so much that we don't know. Um, when so today we're recording this, it's May thirteenth, I believe. You said Friday, the last tag team will be announced. Correct. Correct. No hints, right? We're not going to get any hints. We're not going to get anything out of you. I don't want to. All right, I'm not gonna. Maybe when we're off, we're off. Uh, we're we're off record. Off the record, I'll give you something. Perfect. <laughs> that you know what deal. All right. Well, uh, we are looking forward to it. Everybody, make sure um, Retro Mania is the game. Pre-orders are available now for the Nintendo Switch. If you're looking for a cool game to play on the fly, take the pre-order for the Switch. If you want to play on the Xbox and all that, just give us 30 days before the you know the uh, release of the game. Um, the more people play this game, the more people buy this game, the more likely it is there's going to be more content for you guys, for the fans, more wrestlers and sequels and stuff like that. And in a world where... Uh, let me get your take on this. I'm not, I don't mean to... Um, I'm not trying to talk bad about anybody, but obviously, clearly, when WWE 2K20, the last one came out, 21 to 20, it was universally hated more than Waterworld was when Waterworld was released. The reason why is because of all the bugs in the game. And some of, like, inexcusable, I think a lot of people had said. You know, being somebody who's testing games like that, how is that just a company looking to get the game out as quickly as possible by the deadline to make the money or what goes into that? So, you know, I don't have any of the issues they have. They have stockholders. They're a big corporation, right? So they have to get that game out there. I can tell you, I would be shocked if any developer on that team said it's ready to go. So it's definitely not the development team. I would say, and and honestly, I have no inside track. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm 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 pretty positive that no nobody on that development team said, "Yeah, it's ready, ship it out." You know, (laughs) it's two K. Two K's been around for how long? They've made some of the greatest NFL games, NBA games. It's not like they're a fly by night organization either. Yeah, it was a bad situation. I think Ukes had left earlier in the year, and they had a souring with them, so they lost all that, and they took it into a, a new direction. And you know, it was. It was doomed to fail when they made the decision to move forward with it, I think, at that point. Um, you know, it's hard to just pick up. And wrestling games are hard to make. There's a reason there aren't a lot of them out there. They're, they're difficult to make. Like, there's been a lot of colossal. Like, the TNA game wasn't that good. I forgot. Uh, you know, like, uh, that EA had the WCW license and put out a terrible game. This is years ago. So Mayhem. It's not, it yeah, it's not just the money. Like, you can have a lot of money. And it's not like you can just throw money at it to make a good wrestling game. You can make stuff look pretty, like the models look great, but not when their arms are bending and you know you have all those other spaghetti and all that right, stuff. You know, so it's it takes a lot to make a good wrestling game and to make it play well. You can make things look good, but can you make them play well? So that's when you'll see other wrestling games kind of crop up until you see actual gameplay. You know, be be have cautious you know skepticism as far as what they're going to produce. Yeah, and it's 
like I'll go back to Fire Pro. Fire Pro is not the most visually appealing game, but as far as like gameplay and simulation, right. it it's it's unmatched almost. And I think right. uh, I think to capitalize on you know to not focus so much on the graphics. I like when I play Madden, you know twenty Madden twenty. It's like I'm watching a football game, and that's cool, and it looks great. But if the gameplay isn't there. I will watch a football game and then I'll I'll put on like uh I'll play probably like you said Duke Nukem 3D or I'll play Streets right. of Rage 3 or something like that something that you know looks it looks good but it plays great and I think right. based upon the gameplay I'm not putting words in anybody's mouth but I think that's what we're going to have with Retromania we're 2 months out hopefully maybe 3 yeah. months who knows coronavirus is right. real man it's nobody's fault if the game gets uh gets delayed but we we're will still definitely... pushing to July though we're still pushing well, for July 31 days in July. We got plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> we're, not, we're not locked down to a date. Um, but everybody, be sure to follow. And what's the uh, the Twitter for um, Retromania? At, at, at Retrosoft Studio. At Retrosoft Studio. Uh, Retrosoft Studio. Uh, be sure to follow on Friday when the new tag team is announced and uh, the developer on YouTube and stuff like that. Uh, really looking forward to it. We're a couple months out. We wish you guys nothing but the best of luck. And thank you so much for your time joining us today. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. That was Mike Herman.